Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Yasir Ali is the co-founder and CEO of Polymer, a no-code platform that prevents sensitive data leaks across SaaS apps such as Google Drive, Slack, Microsoft Teams, and Zoom without slowing down an organization's operations. With Polymer, organizations can redact HIPAA, PCI, GDPR, CCPA, PHI, and other sensitive data in near real time. This enables their employees to communicate and collaborate on SaaS apps at full speed without the need to police documents ahead of time or the worry of inadvertent transfer of sensitive information. Polymer has received a total funding of over $6 million and have revenues of over $2 million. Their clients include Signify Health, Edward Jones, Medley Pharmacy, and Root Fusion. Yasir is a former Wall Street and hedge fund trader who worked for several companies, including Barclays Capital. He is also the founder of DeVega, an enterprise data and technology strategy consulting firm, as well as a developer for credit-sensitive analytics for Bear Stearns Mortgage Trading Desk. Welcome, Yasir Ali. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Lily. Well, we're excited to have you. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Uh, I think so. I'll try my best. So, Yasir, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. So, I started off as a software developer, learning on the job in the financial sector in New York. I've been in New York since I graduated from college, so it's been a while. And no one really seeks a path to leadership. You happen to fall into it in some ways as you grow older or as you mature into a role. I actually was in a trading role. So for almost the first dozen years of my career, it was more of an individual performance P&L based role where I was not really managing a team. I was just working alongside a lot of very intelligent, very smart people on Wall Street. Then I started a consulting business about 13 years ago. And that's kind of where I got my taste of taking on projects and hiring people to deliver the goods. And I just assumed day one, people will be just like me and I'll tell them and we'll just work alongside and be hunky-dory. And little did I know that there is something known as leadership in terms of people's perspectives, stages in life and motivations are different from all across the angles. And that was my first taste. And I've been kind of in some shape or form, been in some leadership roles. And when I launched Polymer about two and a half years ago, that's kind of where we are forced to now think about scaling organizations, leadership, and all that good things that come with it. Yeah, so Polymer, it's a testing ground for leadership, right? We are right. learning on the job, so to speak, yes. 
It's a cybersecurity company, www.polymerhq.io. Basically, we're protecting your SaaS assets. So if you use Google Drive, OneDrive, Teams, Slack, platforms, those to share information with your colleagues or external partners. We will monitor to stop sensitive data from leaking out of your organization by employees or people trying to steal data from these platforms. And we will connect into them to help stop that, help monitor some of the nefarious behaviors for larger organizations. We started launch about two and a half years ago with a seed stage company based out of New York and Austin. So you started this because there was a definite need and I see the important work here. What shifted you and what is it that you're learning about leadership as you continue to grow? It started off a slightly different product. I saw some variations of this problem around data governance and privacy when I was doing my consulting work for large investment banks. We actually launched the company right before COVID, like literally a few weeks before COVID. And then COVID hit. Hmm. And that's kind of where we were forced into thinking about a go-to-market, which was relevant, which you can sell via Zoom. The prior version of the product was not like that. The first thing we learn is never fight the market, never fight the underlying economic fundamentals of something which you're trying to attempt to do, whether it's an investment or starting a business. You might love your idea too much, but at the end of the day, you have to be intellectually honest in terms of realizing if I'm going to spend a significant portion of my life, a few years of my life on this and string along a lot of people and the family along with it, it needs to make economic sense and viable. We've been kind of at it since uh, the thesis we had uh, about three years ago uh, has taken some time to come true, but the market is finally coming our way in terms of realizing the same problem and fairly bullish going forward. You talk about being intellectually honest. Leaders come up with ideas all the time. I'm sure you get a lot of ideas. What's the process that you go through? Are there parameters or are there something in place or questions that you ask yourself to make sure that this is a smart move? I have the luxury now of having my co-founder, my rest of my team members to run ideas by. So they obviously are the first round of filter. Initially, when I launched a company, typically you would maybe include your spouse or other folks. Usually though, on paper, that sounds like an amazing idea, but usually it starts off with something small and then you just keep digging deeper into it. And by the time you realize uh, you're so deep into it, that they're like, oh, uh, honey, I've just started this thing on the side. And now it's going to be my full-time job for the next five years. Usually that ends up happening. But in terms of ideas at the time when we started the business, it was just a hunch. There was no right or wrong. In fact, there was friends and family. Basically, message was, you're crazy, go get a job. And at some cases, you have to take that bitter pill in terms of making the decision that, no, I'm going to take the chance and I know my risk return. If I, this doesn't work, I can still afford to put food on the table. In terms of executive decisions in the company now that we have a little bit of a team, we have 16 strong employee firm. Here we can actually now discuss different perspectives. What would it take to build this? What would it take to market this? Obviously, I have perspective in working with customers, talking to my fellow founders, which is slightly different than someone who's sitting in engineering, working on solving these problems. So that is the first round of things. And in the end, as a leader, you still have to. You're not put in this position to run an organization like a democracy. The day you have to make decisions, whether easy or hard, or it could be having a collective backing. In some cases, you don't. Like some cases, you're going against the consensus. No, we need to take this risk. And I have my reasons. And one of our cultural values is you can disagree, but you have to fall in line at the end of the day when the decision has been made, uh, whether you agree or not. And that has avoided a lot of issues. A lot of organizations, especially small businesses, would fall into these traps of, 
analysis paralysis. At the end of the day, you have to test your thesis. And we always are attempting to test ideas and know an answer sooner than later. And that's kind of the trick in terms of setting up these experiments to harken back into your chemistry lab days. Yeah, spoken like a true entrepreneur, where you're absolutely testing ideas, you're taking the risks that matter. And you mentioned paralysis of analysis, which happens a lot in educational spaces and non-for-profit organizations where they want to reach consensus all the time, right? They're just stuck and it takes so long to make things happen in places that matter. So I love what you're saying here. Now, you see, it's clear that you're a lifelong learner. And as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? For reference, uh, one of the books which I did present to a lot of our partners and investors and clients was this book called Surrender by Michael Singer. It's his biography around how he got into mindfulness and all that. But the main message of the book is you fight these forces coming at you in life and think that with just your force of nature or will, you can change the arc of the trajectory of your life. In most cases, that's not the case. A lot of times you just have to surrender into what is being hit at you and then you have to accept it and move on with it. And that is the path in terms of living with sleepful nights instead of sleepless nights and can give you a bit of perspective in terms of as you get older, not a lot is in your control at the end of the day. You just have to set the right path and hope for the best in some cases. You know, there's a saying by John Maxwell, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. That's With exactly right. This concept of surrender, not everybody gets it. Surrender is an important thing. It's what you said, accepting and then being at peace, being able to sleep. And as a leader, what are some things that you know that you need to surrender to and some things that, no, I'm going to fight for this? Like, how do you determine that? It comes down to, again, the intellectual honesty that you've given your best shot and you've thought through the issues without being too biased, accepting them as facts. And you have to compromise. You are not an individual. There is responsibilities to society and people around you, your friends and family, which you have to balance around what your motivations are. In some cases, the answer is no. The long-term good of everyone, including myself, needs to be that I take the pain now, then later. And that's okay. So it's hard to say in terms of what to surrender, what not, but you can't just give up. Surrendering does not mean giving up. We fight tooth and nail with our competitors on deals. Some go our way, some not, but it is a fact of life. But I'm not going to think back on the deals we lost that, oh, we could have done better. We learn our lessons and then we move on that we're going to not do these mistakes again. Past is fiction at the end of the day. You know, filtering things through your values, through your goals, to your vision and your dreams is super important, right? Because if it doesn't match, then I pass. And I could have passed on something good or profitable, but if it doesn't match my goals, my dreams, what I want to do, then I do take a pass and I do surrender. But certainly important things. You also mentioned learning the lessons. A lot of people think that just because you experience something or even if you experience failure, that that's enough to grow. I always push back and say, no, you have to reflect on it first to see how we can grow. So experience isn't what helps us grow. It's reflecting on that. Yes. And one of the things which I've learned, especially when you're managing people or you're in the trenches with your salesperson or with your operations person or, or your engineers or retail sales or whatever it might be, that the first instinct you get is anger or a blame. It has taken a while, but being able to kind of cut through that noise in terms of looking at the facts, that takes a little bit of practice. It's not natural for anyone, but that has helped me at least for that reflection piece 
to have an honest discussion uh, like okay what went wrong how could we have done better did you fuck up or not i mean that could be the answer at the end of the day but let's kind of talk about it openly and see what can be done in future to avoid that and that's important for leadership to do become self aware that's one of the most important things and grow in our development and our connection with people how we connect and communicate super super important now when you think of leadership today yasir what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about from where i sit it's usually the blind spots which i'm always worried about right like things i'm not asking questions which i should be asking are there parts of the organization which i have no idea what's going on or things might be going on which i'm not aware of especially as organizations grow that ends up becoming a big issue where you could have some very talented people not being maximized to their potential that's internal facing blind spots the external facing ones are even more serious in some ways where market forces or things happening there might be a competitive store opening across the street or some other fundraising going on which might be when starting with your fundraising calendar for example or there might be fashion week going on and the fundraising activity might be a little off people are busy whatever it might be those macro forces being on top of that is part and parcel as a leader in our case for example technology startup fundraising is a big topic for last year and this year how do you handle the volatility around that so it depends but just because things are working fine right now doesn't mean it's all good you basically have to have a certain amount of paranoia to be kind of in the weeds So blind spots are really important to look at. How do you handle your personal blind spots or your blind spot as a growing leader as someone who continues to develop? So lifelong learning coming back to the original point you made constantly trying to evolve and see what can be done better and surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you. That's always the key. Like even conversations which might seem very random I would be having with people I usually end up coming out with at least one good point that just goes in the memory bank in terms of like okay that's something very sublime that was mentioned from a source which i did not expect that to happen for example now you see what i do notice is that a very effective leaders practice a routine or what i call reset do you have that practice for instance journaling mindful meditation yoga what do you do to reset yourself or to get yourself in a frame of mind where you're giving all your talent and all your passion and being present. I think sound body sound mind that uh, old adage which still holds true I think unless your body is not functioning properly you just cannot think properly that's the bottom line. So I've been doing yoga for many years and recently I've started meditation but it's all coming down to keeping the body sane and the mind a little bit quieter than usual. Absolutely. Now we have a question from a former guest Sheila Clefcorn wants to know How can I show up as the person I want to be even if what I'm facing is stressful and fearful? That's a good one. There's a couple of options of doing that, right? One is being staying in the present avoids having to think what's going to happen in the next hour, next two hours. It's hard to do that, but there have been times and there will be times in future also where you get beaten up on a few deals, but I've learned this from other great leaders just show up like half the battle is just showing up even if you have a crappiest of day you know it's going to be the worst day of your life just showing up is half the battle and to be honest putting in that extra little bit even if it's not the most productive day on a daily basis just that slow drip which goes along right yes showing up matters 
And sometimes, you know, our imagination makes us fear something that really isn't there. So day to day, minute by minute showing up. Absolutely love it. Now, as a listener of this podcast, is there a question that you have for a future leadership guest? Like, what are you curious about? If you're laying off a person, which a lot of companies are laying off right now, how transparent do you need to be to that person in terms of job performance? Do you try to pay the route of less information is better or more information in terms of the gory details of why the performance could have been better, even if that's not the main reason to being uh, laid off? It's something which I've heard other leaders also struggle with in terms of at one point, you don't want to leave with a bad breakup. On the other hand, you still want to give the opportunity of why Certain things you might not have said during the job, you might not want to say again, but might be useful for this person's growth for future. Having said that, though, there is some liability in terms of saying something which you don't want to say. So it's a weird line, but you do feel that if there's some gaping holes in the performance of the job, how do you walk that fine line? That's something which I would struggle with. Yeah, and it's a great question. And it's good to contemplate that because a good leader cares about the people whether they're a good match for the company or not. So it's a great question. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? We have some amazing products for data security. Small businesses can go in and run a free scan for HIPAA, CI, SOC. It's all free. So organizations using Google Drive, mm-hmm. Gmail, Slack, Teams, OneDrive, Zendesk, even platforms like that, which might be containing sensitive data, usually most companies have no idea what's sloshing around there. And it helps to at least have some handle on that. And that is going to be a big team going into 2023 and 2024. Great. And tell us your website again. www.polymer, P-O-L-Y-M-E-R-H-Q.io. Love it. Yasir, thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for just adding value to me and to our listeners. Thank you, Lily. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.